I'm not really the kind of guy to answer online classified ads. But I had wandered onto one of those sites one night in a haze of boredom and insomnia, and ended up in some section for people looking for work. A post caught my eye. $400 a shift, full time, one week. I clicked the headline and read the description. To summarize, they were looking for someone to work an eight-hour shift, five days in a row. That's it, so it's no long-term thing. But at $400 a shift, that's about two grand for less than a week's work. Sounds like as good a way as any to start a rainy day fund. I bookmarked the page, and in the morning, I rang the number listed at the bottom of the post. A weaselly sounding fella answered the phone and told me they'd gotten lots of responses and so I need to go through an in-person interview process. This seemed a little strange, maybe just because so much is over the phone or computer these days. But I agreed. They gave me the address and told me to show up the next day at 8am sharp. They hung up before I could acknowledge the meeting. So, in the morning, I arrived to find the address took me to a little gas station on the outskirts of town. I double-checked the address again, and it was right. So, I parked off to the side and walked in. It was a gas station, all right. Not much to say there. I kind of sauntered in, pretending I was looking for something, half waiting on someone to walk up to me and introduce themselves. It took me a minute before the thought suddenly crossed my mind that this was all a big prank. Just make a fake post, hook some loser, and give him a random address to meet up at. And I had fallen for it. I had made it all the way to the back of the store at the tiny dairy freezer. So, I walked back up to the front of the store, and just before I walked out of the door, the guy behind the counter said, Hey, buddy. My hands already on the glass, I stopped and turned around. He looked me up and down, and then, You aren't here for the job interview, are you? He directed me to follow him behind the counter, into the back office. At the end of a long hallway, he knocked on a door that was opened after a few moments. He stayed on the outside nodding for me to go in. It was a small little office with wide walls and a little desk in the corner facing me. A guy sat behind looking at his phone. He might have been in his early forties. As I walked in I looked around. No one else. As I wondered who had opened the door, he suddenly looked up from his phone. Ah, you're here. He seemed to say in relief while standing up, extending his hand in greeting. I shook it while he said, Please, have a seat. There was a little chair behind me I hadn't noticed. I sat down. Now, the hours are late. You need to be here at 11.30pm every night and your shift ends at 7.30 in the morning. You can eat, but there's no break, so if you can't eat and work at the same time, you'll have to starve. The man leaned down 
and pulled a large stack of papers up from somewhere under his desk. You'll also need to fill out this paperwork, he said, staring me down straight in the eye. Okay, I said with a beat. What's all the paperwork? I mean, just the usual stuff, or... It looks a little beefy to me. He continued to stare me down. You can do the hours? He responded, without responding to me. Night shift isn't a problem. I was a bit taken aback by the obfuscation of my question, but I said, Yes, night shift is fine. He nodded, stretched his arms out to his sides, relaxing his hands behind his neck, and leaned back. You know, it's just average paperwork. You know, legal stuff. Tax stuff. NDA stuff. This is a very private matter. I'm sure you've had experience with sensitive business before. I nodded like I knew what he was talking about in assurance. I didn't understand this paperwork bull, but I really just assumed it was more or less all the same. So I acted like everything he said made sense. Can you start tonight? He asked, looking me straight in the eye. Um, well? I began without thinking. I giggled in nervousness a little. I hadn't expected the interview to go so quick. I, uh, I'd like to. I still don't really know what the job is, though, and I'd kind of like to have some idea of what I'm signing up for. The man nodded his head emphatically, emphasizing that he understood perfectly well and that it was all good. It's all good, he began. You're going to be a security guy. All you've got to do is keep your eyes open and sit in a chair. But besides that, you'll just be kissing the breeze and counting the coins. How could I say no to that? I signed the stack of papers as quickly as I could, not really bothering to read much beyond the first line of every page. The dude seemed antsy to get the signatures on the paper, so... I didn't really feel too welcome to take my time. But as soon as that was done, he seemed even more excited and handed me a folded up piece of paper. On it was written another address. A different address. What's this? I asked. It's where you'll be showing up tonight. Just knock on the back door a few times and someone will let you in. Oh, and uh, bring yourself a bottle of water. We got tap out there, but it's pretty rusty. Not good for drinking, so just a heads up. He was already standing as he spoke, walking me out towards the open door to the hallway. As soon as I crested the boundary, he slammed the door behind me. Not even a goodbye. The guy who had escorted me back there was nowhere to be seen, so I retraced my steps the best I could, till I was out behind the front counter. The guy was staring at the ceiling before he happened to catch me in the corner of his eye. He gave me a nod and opened the little side gate to let me out. I nodded my head and walked on out of the gas station to my car to head home 
and try to get some sleep before I got to head off to work that very night. The sun was still working its way up to high noon. I stared at the open highway as I drove home, as I suddenly realized it didn't seem like anyone else was in the gas station. Not a single other car in the parking lot while I was there. Not a single customer indoors. Something about that felt odd to me. When the time came, I punched the address into my phone and let the digital voice guide me to my paycheck. That's what I was trying to think of it as. But as I followed the directions, I found myself driving further and further into the wilderness, out past the towns and cities I'm familiar with. Sometime after that, my phone was telling me to pull into what looked like a parking lot of an abandoned shack. There were no street lights around. In the day, there were open fields as far as the eye could see all around. I had arrived at my destination. Thankful I had thought to shove a flashlight into my glove compartment years ago, I got out of the car and started walking around. It took me only a second of studying the building's exterior to realize this, too, was a gas station, albeit an abandoned one. It also looked kind of charred or something. It was tinged with black, and where my fingers touched the outer plaster, I came away smeared with the appearance of charcoal. I tried to peer inside through the chained-up glass doors. Pitch black even with my flashlight. But, bringing to mind the instructions I'd been given, I headed over to the back side of the building. Sure enough, I found an old metal door. I knocked a few times. A few seconds later, it opened. A middle-aged guy in a tight button-up shirt and a tie looked me up and down. You here for the security job? I told him I was, and he had me follow him inside. The hallway we stood in was in complete darkness aside from the flashlight I held, but it was only three doors down that he opened a door to a room I had already noticed leaked light from beneath the closed door. Inside was a little room. Four walls, but one of them, the one across from the wall I'd entered from was made of glass. Inside of this room was a man in what looked like a doctor or scientist white gown. He wore glasses, and his black hair was slicked back tight across his scalp. He held a clipboard, standing just to the side of a wooden chair that faced the glass wall. On the other side of the glass wall was what looked like another room, with two normal walls to each side, parallel and continuous with the two normal walls of my room, but with another glass wall across from me mirroring the glass wall attached to my room, which was itself a mirror of the very room I was in. If you could look at it all from the top down, it would appear as three continuous rooms punctuated by two glass walls perfectly dividing the space into the three equal rooms. In the far room, the one I could see through both of the glass walls, 
There was no man in a suit there, but there was already some guy in normal-looking clothes sitting in the wooden chair, staring towards the glass-walled room, towards, well, me. It's a little complicated, so again, to summarize, all in all, I could see three rooms. The one I was standing in, the mirror of the room I was standing in at the far end of the hall, and the glass-walled room that both other rooms peered into. I took the sight in within a couple of moments, before the professional-looking man before me began speaking. Welcome to the job. You have any trouble getting here? I snapped out of my mini-trance and walked over to shake his hand. Thanks. And no, no real trouble. It was pretty far out from the city, though. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm glad you could make it. He said while quickly dashing his gaze to his wristwatch. He suddenly darted back up. So, there's not much to know, and there's not many questions worth asking. He said, staring me down with very wide eyes. You'll be sitting here in the chair, and you'll be watching the subject, which, in this case, is that right there. He pointed into the glass room, and for the first time, I noticed that in the very center of the floor was a little cardboard box, brown, maybe a couple feet across, and a couple feet high. It was open at the top, like it was ready to be filled with whatever. I stared at it for a second. Um, the box? I asked, pointing. Yes, you'll be observing the box, just watching. He held up the clipboard and began scribbling. Why? I asked. I couldn't help myself. His scribbling immediately stopped as he looked back up to me. He did not look too happy. Why do you need to know why? You are getting paid for this, right? Well, yeah, but... Then if you want to keep the job, you'll fulfill the job description without complaint. Where before he was only kind of unpalatable, now he was incredibly stern. I had to remind myself I was only here for the paycheck. After a moment, I nodded. He looked back to the glass room, and then back to me. You'll be sitting here, watching. You can look away for a time, but not too long. Not longer than a minute, or you'll be fired and you'll be paid nothing. And by no means may you leave this room after you have started your shift. If you need to use the restroom, or anything, you can take advantage of that bucket over there. He nodded toward the corner of the room, to a little tin bucket I hadn't noticed there before. The word, wow, floated through my mind a time or two, but I just nodded. If you wish to leave, you'll need to bang on the door five times in one-second intervals. That'll be the sign that you resign. 
If you don't bang in that way, you're not permitted to leave. I seriously hope you understand what I'm saying. I understand, I said. How many times do you need to knock on the door to quit? He asked me quickly. Five, I darted back. He nodded. All right, your shift starts now. I nodded, and he walked over, opened the door, and left the room, closing it behind him. I thought I heard a strong click in the door, a lock. I felt a shiver run up my spine, but I was already here. I had gotten myself this far. So I walked on over to the wooden chair, dropped my bottle of water to the floor, and looked into the expanse before me. I checked the box. It was still there, still very much a medium-sized cardboard box. My eyes drifted up to look at the guy in the room opposite, appearing to also be staring at the box. He was a blonde fellow, looking to be fairly young, probably a little younger than me. His gaze caught mine, and he waved over to me, along with a little smile. I almost burst into laughter. Something about the image before me just rung of unbearable absurdity, but I just let the giggly feeling bubble up into a smile and waved back to the guy. If I had felt comfortable to ask any more questions, I probably would have asked who the hell that guy was, but now that I was alone in the situation, with nothing but time on my hands, I came to a conclusion that felt pretty obvious pretty quick. This guy was just like me. He was being paid to do the exact same thing I'm getting paid to do. He's just doing it in a different room. Huh. Well, he was back at staring at the box. He seemed pretty dedicated. I was being pretty dedicated too, but that's mostly because there ain't much to stare at. It's quite easy to look at one of the only distinguishable things in your environment. And speaking of environment, it was sitting in the chair, I soaked in the atmosphere of the place. The walls that weren't made of glass were a very dark silver color, like gray but kind of shiny, and same for the floors and ceilings, except for small lights that seemed to pour out a fluorescent glow but in a way reminiscent of a spotlight, which is to say, the corners of the room were much darker than the centers of the room. The cardboard box seemed to sit in the center of a stage, as did the guy in the other room, as did I, probably, I suddenly realized. There wasn't really any sound. I didn't hear anything coming from the hallway. There did seem to be some kind of a low hum coming from the room the box was in, but I couldn't really tell. It was like my ears adjusted to it very quickly. Minutes began to pass. I was slumped down into the chair in a way I'm sure a physical therapist would tell me isn't healthy, and let my eyes lazily hang on the box. 
The passing minutes gave way to even more minutes passing, to an hour, and then hours. I would check my phone from time to time, for the time. I wouldn't let myself actually browse my phone because something told me they, the bosses or whatever the situation is here, were watching. I didn't see any cameras around, but I had my suspicions. It was like I could feel them. The guy in the other room didn't seem to move much virtually the entire time. But suddenly, I realized he wasn't looking at the box, and he wasn't looking at me. He wasn't even looking in that direction. He was twisted around in his chair, looking towards the door. He turned back around, and I noticed he looked quite nervous. He noticed me staring and seemed to feign a look of calm for a moment, before then immediately turning back around towards the door. Just a moment later, he stood up and walked over towards the door. Oh crap, he's quitting, I thought. What's he doing? This is some easy money. And he seemed to be handling it well. I mean, he was here even before me, so I guess perhaps that's just an assumption. I expected to see him knock slowly five times and then be let out, so I was quite surprised to see him simply walk up to the door, twist the doorknob, and walk out into whatever lied beyond. The door slowly drifted shut. I was a little surprised, although not too shocked or anything. I was already in a state of absurdity overload within the situation, so I just figured he'd been given different directions than I on how to behave. I had no idea why that would be, but I had no idea why any of this would be. So, I just kept on keeping on. I sat in this chair, looking at the box, occasionally looking around the room, or at the time on my phone but I more or less hung out. Something along the lines of 20 minutes later, I suddenly heard a bell ring out from the hallway behind me, and it kept ringing in intervals of about five seconds. It was medium to high pitch, and was immediately followed by the sound of movement on the other side of the door. I couldn't help but turn around in the chair. What the hell was going on out there? Time continued on like this for minutes on end, and then suddenly, both the rushing sounds and the bell stopped at once. I slowly turned back around in my chair towards the box. The other room with the other chair was still empty, and then suddenly, I heard the door behind me unlock with a loud click, and it was opening while I turned around. It was the same doctor-looking guy who'd given me directions earlier. Except his face was flush red, and his eyes darted around the room frantically. I just stared at him, waiting for him to speak first. Ah, uh, there's been a change of plans. He spoke in a more quiet and paced tone than earlier. 
the job has reached an early conclusion. You will not be needed back here tomorrow or any other day. You'll be discharged from here in about 15 minutes. Despite the cut in hours, you will be paid the full $2,000 for today's work. So if you'll just sit tight and finish out the hour, I'll be back to get you shortly. But keep in mind that you are still currently on the clock. So eyes on the subject. He finished. Already in the hallway. Already closing the door behind him. I heard that click of the lock again. I was thinking only one word. What? I turned back towards the box while a torrent of thoughts rushed through my skull, all of which were heavily distorted and confused. Was I being scammed? The entire day it felt like one surprise after another, after another. But then the thought of the entire paycheck for less than a day's work crossed my mind, and I started feeling pretty good about the whole situation. I went into this thinking it'd be an easy payday, but I didn't realize it'd be this easy. But it was about 30 seconds after the man had left my room that the door in the room mirroring mine that had remained empty since the blonde guy left suddenly opened. It was that blonde guy, but he looked... scared? Horrified, actually. He was struggling, and clearly speaking, but I couldn't hear a sound. The glass must be soundproof. But then I noticed he wasn't alone. He was being shoved ahead by some guy in what looked like a hazmat suit. It was a big plastic yellow suit with something that looked like a space helmet on top, and he was slowly, but steadily, pushing the blonde guy forward back into the room. It was then I realized why the guy wasn't making progress in fighting back against Mr. Hazmat. He was handcuffed, both arms behind his back. I caught a glimpse of the metal as he tried to turn back around towards the door. He was swiftly jerked back around and tossed forward, falling onto the ground as the door was closed and locked from behind with a large key. I suddenly found myself standing up, palms on the glass, panting heavily, heart beating a mile a minute. The guy in the hazmat suit walked around the man now struggling along the floor with something that looked like a, like a big red rock in his hand, and he rubbed it gently up against the glass wall. Now, I've thought long and hard about how to describe what I saw next. I've molded over time and time again to try and get to a halfway reasonable way of describing what I truly saw without sounding absolutely insane, but I can't get any closer or further from the truth than just telling you plainly what I saw. After the guy in the hazmat suit rubbed that red stone along the glass wall in a circular motion, the glass simply vanished. It didn't retract into the wall. It didn't shatter to bits. 
it simply faded away into nothingness over the course of a second. There one second, gone the next. Poof. Just like that. While I was trying to process the impossible happening, the hazmat man already had his arm locked around the blonde man's handcuffed wrist, dragging him across the boundary where the glass wall once stood and into the room with the cardboard box. Then there was a roll of duct tape. Before I knew it, the blonde guy's ankles were taped together, along with some extra tape around his arms and then a final wrap around his mouth. Tears were visibly flowing down his eyes as he struggled around the floor like a maggot. I was in a state of panic like I had never felt before, which manifested in a state of absolute frozen shock. I thought I was going to faint. I thought I was going to die. The man in the hazmat suit suddenly flung the roll of tape on the floor and picked the blonde man up like he was a doll, flipping him upside down like he was a professional wrestler getting ready to slam the poor guy right on the top of his skull. He lumbered over closer to the open cardboard box. When he held the blonde man's head right over the cardboard box, in one fluid motion, the hazmat man seemed to jump up just an inch or two off the floor, and as he fell back down to the ground, released the blonde guy from his grasp. Logic would tell you that the poor soul smashed his head straight into the floor and fell over with a broken neck, if not a lost life. But that's not what I saw. What I saw was the man fall straight through the box like it was 50 foot deep, like there was no floor beneath that box. He just fell like a pile of rocks off a building. No resistance of any kind. He just fell straight in. Straight into a two by two foot box. The absurdity is unreal. But the facts are still what they are. I gasped at the sight and leaned ever harder into the glass wall, my forehead pressed up against the cold glass. Immediately afterwards, the man in the hazmat suit seemed to be quite relieved. After a moment or two, perhaps to catch his breath, he lumbered over to the duct tape, picked it back up, and walked back over to the box. He taped it on up like he was getting it ready for shipping. He then picked it up like it was no more than 10 pounds. Sure enough, it was a real box. The floor was complete and sturdy beneath. The guy in the hazmat suit walked over to the door, unlocked it with that key of his, and then walked right on out with his box. With the box I was tasked to watch over. Just a moment later, 
I heard the sound of the unlatching of the door behind me. I flung around, ready to be let out immediately. The sciencey man looked as disturbed as he did before, but I could tell, he could tell, that I was now in the same boat, or something like it, at least. We both stared at each other in silence, before he opened his mouth, took a deep breath, and spoke. Do you prefer cash or check? I left with twenty crisp hundred dollar bills in my wallet, which I had never even seen beforehand, as I pulled out of that little place masquerading as an abandoned gas station. Since the guy clearly didn't want to answer any questions, I tried to take the opportunity to ask none so I could get out of there with my own freedom and life intact. Despite not really getting much sleep during the day when I was supposed to, I arrived home at about five in the morning, finding myself nowhere close to being ready for sleep. It was close to 11 a.m., nearly six hours later, when I felt like I was just about relaxed enough to maybe catch a little shut-eye when they were suddenly pounding at my door. I checked out the front window. A delivery guy. Did I order any packages? I opened the door to find the man standing there, holding a box. Holding the box. I stared at the item in his hands as he talked past my listening mind. It was rather large, about two by two feet in size. Blank brown cardboard. Eventually, I realized the man was still talking. Sir? Sir? I caught him saying. I just need you to sign, sir. I looked back up to him, and then back down to the box, and then back up again. No, thank you, I nearly whispered. The man raised his eyebrows in surprise. Uh, you don't want the package? The postage is all paid, I just need your signature. I stared at him for a few more seconds before closing the door in his face without saying another word. I didn't sign anything. I didn't take anything. And I'm not going to. I wrote this sitting here on my laptop by the front window. It's been a few hours now and there's not been any more knocking at my door. But the delivery truck never left. After I closed the door earlier, I watched him waddle back to the truck, sit in the driver's seat. But then, he just sat there, and he's been sitting there ever since. He doesn't even look around, he's just staring forward, staring out his front windshield. It's been over three hours now. 
I hope he eventually decides to start up his truck and drive on off. If I see him start to walk up towards my door again, that cardboard box in hand, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I could do. I guess there's no conclusion to this. No happy ending to wrap it all up. I just have to wait here and watch and hope they move on to their next victim, whoever that poor soul may happen to be. You know, maybe, maybe my grandparents were right. Maybe the internet really is no good. You just listened to tonight's episode of Clancy Pasta. I was paid to stare at a box for eight hours straight. Written and narrated by yours truly. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it deeply. And thank you all to my uh, all of my supporters on Patreon uh, and YouTube members. Your support means so much and it helps out so much. All of my $2 and up supporters should be flying by on screen right now. If you'd like to join them, you can always go to patreon.com slash clancypasta. For as little as $2 a month, you get not just ad-free narrations, but you also get, well, your name at the end uh, on the, the, the video version. I hope you all enjoyed tonight's story. It was kind of weird. Then again, most of these stories are a little weird. Let me know what you thought in the comments down below. And I will see you all very soon. Have a great night. Cheers.